Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Very good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast brought to you by We Are Kevin. On today's show, we're going to be concentrating on ladies mostly. It's uh, Camogie. They were bettered by Tipperary at the weekend in the uh, second or second game in the All-Ireland Junior Championship in Kingspan Breffney um, on Saturday gone by. And the ladies footballers um, were beaten by Dublin on Sunday. So not great news, but we'll hear from both camps, manager of the Camogues, Philip Brady and manager of the footballers, Jerry Moen. We'll also hear from Matty Hines. I caught up with him at the launch of the Cavan jersey uh, last week in Kingsman Breffney, the Cavan Horland captain. Um, but we might start off with the um, Aidan Coyle from the Cavan Camogie team. So there was, um, I'm sure everybody be aware of the national protest that's going on. The, the players in both ladies football and Camogie are playing on their protest um, and I just wanted to catch up with Aideen Coyle from the Cavan Camogie point of view. So here's my interview with Aideen. So delighted to be joined by Aideen Coyle um, after a tough defeat at the weekend in the Camogie Championship, the All-Ireland Junior Camogie Championship. Um, Tipperary coming to Kingspan Brefty, coming away with an 11-point win. Aideen, not an easy day at the office, but I suppose it's, uh, it's giving you a, a level that you have to chase now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I suppose Saturday showed us the level we have to get up to. Uh, Tipperary came and, and we're definitely the far better team on the day. Um, I suppose that opening 15 minutes, when we look back at that, um, we were slow to get started in the game and Tipperary really, really punished us in that uh, spell. Gene Kelly got a hat-trick of goals in the opening 17 minutes. So um, definitely lots to work on. Um, but look, there was positives to take as well that, that we did close that gap back down. And at the start of the second half, we were down to five points and had opportunities uh, to score goals. And had they went in, it could have been a different day, but um, definitely not taking away Tipperary were, were the far superior team on Saturday. Tipperary played Wicklow in two weeks before this game and and it meant the Jews had a month of training time maybe. But was the was the gap just did that have an effect on the start of the game because it's been so long since you played a competitive game? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I suppose when it comes to championship you wanna keep building momentum and it's very hard to build momentum when you're not playing games consecutively. You know, we had challenge games in that time and we had a lot of training and training was going well but there's nothing like a championship game to to keep that momentum building. So that four week gap probably was was a factor in it. Um, but look again, it's not taken away from from Tipperary came and and got the quick start and uh, that was important on the day. But yeah, look, we've a quarter final now in two weeks, um, which is uh, brilliant, you know, to keep that kind of that momentum building quarter final now, and that's all guns blazing for it. Has the draw been made for that quarter final? 
no, that's uh, taking place next weekend. So we don't we don't know who we'll get till I think it's next Saturday or Sunday that's taking place. Okay, okay. So right, there'll be a seven day preparation for that one though. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. Well, seven day for whoever we get, but it starts now. Do you know, this week we were back to training. We look at what went wrong against Tipperary. Uh, we look at ourselves individually and, and take that deep training session. It's it's a big two weeks up leading up to, to a quarter final. We could have a, a top team, uh, one of the top off the table um, teams could be in that quarter final as well. So it's going to be difficult no matter who we get. So uh, we'll have seven days to focus on them, but a big, big two weeks ahead in, in terms of training and preparations. Something that, again, I, I'm i not really up to speed in any way on the rule book, but I was making the point after the game when there was seven points between the sides um, coming into maybe the last 15, 20 minutes of the game. Cavan broke through for a goal chance and deliberate drag back resulted in a yellow card and a free um, and it happened a second time in in the game. Is is that something that there should be a a look at in terms of all other codes seem to have moved and 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 dealt with that sort of an incident, a deliberate a deliberate foul to 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 stop a goal chance from from occurring. Yeah, definitely. We we were speaking about that after the game. How the hurling, if you're true on goal and you're pulled down, it's it's a penalty straight away. You know, if it's not inside the box, so. It's definitely something that I think, um, obviously, you can't blame the Tipperary player. They're going through and goal. You're going to take that yellow card. You know, you're you're going to take one for the team. But um, definitely, as you say, the rest of the sports have kind of evolved the rules around that. And, and I think it's something the Camogie Association probably should look at to, to take that into the rules. Yeah, definitely. Um, before the game started, both yourselves and, and the Tipperary girls um, took part in, in the protest, which was basically to... To sit on the ground before um, the 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 slitter was thrown in, um, can you tell us a little bit about about this idea about the the, the protest? Obviously, there was a statement by the GPA last week, um, but again, where Cavan Camogues sit in, in in the whole events? Yeah, um, I suppose the GPA released that statement during the weekend um, as county teams were, were playing the championship under protest. And it's protest against the, the governing bodies, the um, the Camogie Association, the LGFA and the GA that we are looking for equality and we're looking for a charter to be put in place. And, um, you know, a lot of us feel and it's been across the board, you know, there was 20 games at the weekend, 20 between ladies football and Camogie and all 40 teams took part in this protest. So it shows, you know, that we are making a stand and we are looking for equality and to bridge that gap between ourselves, I suppose, and what our male counterparts are getting. And this has been steamed by the GPA. And um, I think it was a very powerful uh, thing to see across all social media where all teams came, you know, and done that protest of of sitting down. And um, I suppose the main aim of it is to get a charter put in place where, you know, the basic needs of strength and conditioning coaches, physios, uh, access to gyms, etc. that that it will just be the norm for, for ladies' county teams. A lot of county teams are, are fighting to get them um basic needs really. And is there is there a huge difference between, you know, I'm I'm sure the the very top teams are being looked after with with an awful lot of stuff like we're I was talking to some of the Dublin players yesterday that, that were injured and, and, and they were kind of saying that they're they're happy to take part in the protest, but they get their needs looked after. So is it is you know, where where do Cavan Camogues sit on this at the moment? 
yeah, I suppose a, a lot of c- counties will feel, you know, that they're supporting other counties and doing it that they're probably in a good position. But you look at, you know, Cavan Lady speaking out earlier on in the year and you look at what happened to their camogie and I suppose from the GPA perspective and, and from all the county teams, we don't want that to happen across other teams. You know, that we're going to back every other county that are in fights like that, like our, our counterparts in Cavan Ladies there and um, as I said, Kildare, you know, you don't want to see another five or six teams coming out and speaking about what they're not getting and what they should be getting. And um, I suppose that I think this is it. They're trying to work fast rather than having five or six more counties speak out about that. Okay. As as a Cavan Camogue, though, personally, you know, are your needs being looked after? Yeah, well, look, we, we don't have we don't have any issues, as I said, you know, this was a statement against the association, the governing body, and, um, you know, anything, I suppose, we've we've looked for off our county board, we've been supported in that, and, and they are extremely helpful in that, you know, and anything, they do look after us, and I suppose there's very few volunteers on that cabin board, and we are appreciative of, of the work to do, it's it's a very hard role being a volunteer and being part of, of any um, county board, so look, we are appreciative off that, as I said, you know, there's nothing that we have looked for that we've been turned away or, or denied. Okay, okay. I think it's it is important, I suppose, that the the message goes out that is not uh, a protest against the the, the Camogie board in Cavan in any way. That it it's a protest to support the national movement of this. Yeah, exactly. And even the GPA released a statement yesterday, and they were saying, you know, it was. Um, the amount of players that have taken part and 40 teams have taken part and, and they thanked the, the referees and the managements and the county boards for getting behind it. So, you know, even at, at that level, they're thanking them, you know, that this is against the bigger the bigger associations, you know, that we want them to come together and, and get the talks in, in motion, really. Do you mind me asking, like, why why is the GA involved in this at this point? What's the what's the what's the thought process behind that, or or what's your understanding of it? Because essentially, the GEA aren't involved in the governance of Camogie or the LGFA at the moment. Yeah, I suppose I don't know the ins and outs of it really, but um, the GEA probably has been mentioned in, in terms of that integration process, you know, to get the three boards together. But um, all in all, yeah, you're right. You know, this is looking at the Camogie Association and, and the LGFA, and I presume you know GEA is being spoken because we all want to come under that GA umbrella, you know, we all want to be and we look at back to Kingsman Breffney last Monday evening and it was brilliant, you know, to be alongside our male counterparts in the Horland and the football and launching that jersey where we are all under the Kingspan O'Neill's Wilton and O'Reilly uh, jersey, which is fantastic and it shows at Cavan that we are making the strides to all come under that one umbrella, which is brilliant. So I suppose it's to to have that across the board really. Yeah, I suppose that's the I know that the debate is is the timing of this right, considering the integration process is kind of only getting on their way. But there, there are some, I suppose, county players and, and, and some county panelists that are finding it to the point where they don't feel that they can continue um, playing county football or camogie um, because of the situation that they're, that they're being put into. So, Maybe it's it's not the perfect time, but it might be the right time. Yeah, absolutely. As it, like I'm close to home, but there's girls traveling from all parts of the country to come back and represent their county. You know, and, and to look after them is, I suppose, what what's needed to be done in terms of physio and travel expenses and gym access and and everything like that. So, 
Um, you know, there's never a right time to talk about anything like this or do any sort of protest. But I suppose it's it's a powerful way of doing it when you're when you're video. You know, the videos are going out and the games are being videoed and you're seeing protests and people are starting to to talk about it as well. So I suppose when is a good time to to ever talk about something like this, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, very best looking to quarter final. We'll be looking forward to the draw. Um, on on we are Cavan and and we'll uh, we'll we'll be keeping up to date with it. So thanks for really evening. Good to thanks, catch Amy. up. Thanks, Paul. I suppose it's it's nearly a is it a continuation of of the Cavan ladies footballers situation there? I, I suppose the important thing here is that Aidan's point is that they're not protesting against Cavan County Board here in the or the Cavan Camogie Association. It's kind of the overall associations that they they want to sit down and 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 get a kind of a national charter put together. Yeah, it's a tricky one, Damien. It's hard to know. Like, I, I wonder um, what the situation is across the country. Like, obviously, we're most familiar with Cavan. Cavan are saying they're happy with their how things are going with, in terms of their relationship with the with the ladies' board. So I wonder how many counties are happy and how many are unhappy. Um, yeah, you know, like like I honestly don't know what the GA are supposed to do here. Are the GA supposed to step in and and? Spend a, a load of money on on uh, on giving stuff to the ladies footballers and, and camogues. I don't know because the like there are moves afoot to to merge the associations, but at this moment in time, they're not in the association. Mm. Uh, and so, so I, I don't, I honestly don't know what is expect what is expected of the GEA. I understand camogie and ladies football what they're expecting of their own parent organisations, but I don't know what the GEA is supposed to do now. And I use the example of, of handball, like. There are, I wouldn't conflate uh, the amount of training that that your average handballer does with what an intercounty ladies footballer or Camogue does, but in terms of the top senior handballers, they're on a par uh, in terms of their commitment, and they are down an absolute fortune. They get zero, nothing whatsoever, and they are down an absolute fortune, and um, a lot of them are travelling to the States for tournaments, and the prize money is going way down there. Like, a lot of them are, are at a loss there. So, should handball should handball uh, demand the X Y and Z, and people would say, well, there's no money coming in or whatever. Well, they might say the same about Camogie, like mm-hmm. you know things like that. So it's players should be looked after and should be shouldn't be out of pocket for playing. But this, I I feel that this protest hasn't just hit the right note. It's very vague. Like I don't understand what is wanted. It's kind of like yeah, we're we're going to play, but we're playing on the on the protest. That's not really affirmative action. That's just. Uh, I don't know what you would call that. It's just it's sort of it's just a symbolic thing, but it's not really putting huge pressure on anything. And that that like, says to me, David, that a lot of the panels are probably happy enough. Yeah, I I was going to make the point, or maybe the the realization is there with a lot of panels that look at the money isn't here. You know, I like the Calvin Camogues, as as they said, they they have everything that they ask for. I I I'm imagining knowing maybe the, the budget that is kind of in place or the sort of money that, that the Cavan Camogie Association would take in. There's not a huge amount of money to fund a lot of stuff. You know, if you're comparing it to the men's game, it's just not possible. The, the money's not there. So that's that's kind of, there's something lingering in the back of my mind here that like these associations, like, you know, Cavan Camogie probably the best example here that, look, we have no problem. We're happy with what we're getting. But the nitty gritty of what is this national charter going to look like? 
And if this national charter all of a sudden looks like, well, all intercounty camogie players have to get 50 cent a mile and have to get this in clothing allowance and have to get this in boot allowance and have to get this in food. And that literally will then impact the county boards and it will impact them because they haven't got that resource. So I think the devil is in the detail here of this protest. Like, and I think that that might be why it is slightly vague. It's it's look we're looking for physios and and stuff around training and and if that's all they're looking for, then that should be taken care of. I do believe that that's a minimum for an intercounty squad. But if you're getting down into stuff that's going to cost massive amount of money, like the Camogie Association, Cavan just wouldn't generate that enough money to 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 give the Camogues the same level of expenses that the Cavan senior footballers get it's just it just wouldn't be possible so that's that's, um, it. that's exactly it it's a, it is a smaller sport and you know there's a, there's it's the same when the Cavan ladies were making their protests like and, and they had a lot of very justified grievances but um the GPA were involved in that as well and, and the point was repeatedly made or comparison was complete, repeatedly made between what men's footballers get and what ladies footballers get or whatever but so they're different sports and they're generating totally different levels of revenue and that's why I use the example of handball mm-hmm. um, you know why are, is handball our top players I'm not talking about your average Joe but your leading handballers why are they being discriminated against uh, mm-hmm. I think I think there's a level of realism in handball that you know we're not football and we don't generate that kind of money well do you know what I, I found striking obviously having done the interview with 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 um NASA board and and Ashlyn Shorten and and um, Lauren McFeedy they they used the phrase we aren't looking for equality yeah and yet equality is mentioned in this now with with the with with the with the national movement here and equality is look at it is equality everybody's getting the same, both men and women? If if that's what equality is, it's not doable because yeah. the, the revenue is not created um equally. So but maybe what they're saying is equality is look at we're we're looking for if the men get, I don't know, whatever they get, fifty cent a mile, we're looking for thirty cent a mile, whatever the case may be. Yeah. That that's that's their definition definition of equality. I think the devil is in the detail here. Um and I think the the detail needs to come out. If if this protest wants kind of national support, mm. um, because otherwise people kind of say just like you said, it's vague. It's it's a little bit okay. Well, what exactly is going on here, and and why is it a vague sort of protest? Um, you know, I think that 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 it's important that that the detail comes out on this. What exactly has been looked for? But anyway. yeah, but I will say that, that like it costs the same to run your car if you're playing for the Cavan men's team or the Cavan ladies team. Like there's no doubt that. They're, they're incurring significant expense and we heard the quote from, from Laura McFeely about the amount of miles that she put up mm-hmm. in her car like but I don't know like it's not a perfect world like there, there's just there isn't an endless pot of money there I don't think uh, um, the Cameron ladies board are sitting on us all this money but there seem to be more with the Cavan ladies there was certainly other issues outside of money as well like gear yeah. and, and so on so I look it's, it's a tricky one but you have to remember with the GPA they're essentially a union and, and the job of a union is to protest it's like the opposition's job of government is to is to disagree with the with the sitting party in power the, the job of a union is to protest and demand more and more yeah. and more and that's what, what the GPA basically are and I suppose Tom Parsons has reinstalled that 
that that that hadn't been the case for a good few years there with the the GPA. They kind of seemed to be a nodding dog that that was agreeing to everything. Now they were getting great, I suppose, um, great level of cooperation from the GA there. But now that the ladies and Camogue Association players are involved in them, are are part of it, it's. Um, there's a fight in 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 there for them now that the GPA are going after. So, um, yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see how, how it pans out. But on field on um, on Saturday afternoon, the Cavan Camogues, which which Aideen was full back on the team, the line out against Tipperary, they were beaten by the Premier County three goals and fourteen points to one goal and nine. After the game, I caught up with the Cavan Camogues manager Philip Brady. Yeah. Joined by Philip Brady here after uh, defeat against Tipperary. I suppose that was maybe a bit of an eye opener. Tipperary have set the mark. Yeah, it was always going to be a tough game. Uh, I suppose Tipperary came down two years ago. Did feel they're probably intermediate standard. So yeah, it was a tough one to take. All right, ten points probably or eleven. I don't know what it was in the end. It probably was justified. Um, I think we made a lot of mistakes, especially early on. I think we, we gifted them three goals and we don't usually give them away as easy. Um, so, yeah, look, it's disappointing that way. But we knew we were going to be out in maybe two weeks or four weeks' time anyway, so I don't think it changes anything. Um, it's a good game to get. It probably shows us where we're at at the minute. Yeah, I suppose the, the start of Tipperary got there, Jane Kelly on the inside line, she, she looked phenomenal and very, very hard to handle. But coming towards the end of it, you got the grips with her. Yeah, I think the whole game she was sort of on top. Um, I don't know if she scored two, three goals, three, three, four, yeah. So, and again, we probably looked at her last day and she scored five goals against Limerick. So, yeah, look, it's disappointing, but I'm sure the girls have learned a lot from it. I think as management, we probably learned a lot from it, but I think the goals were probably easy. One was a tap-in, the other she probably should have been stopped. The other was a goalkeeper's mistake, so, look... Overall, you're probably looking at mistakes from our end that probably lost it, but I think I think a lot of girls will be disappointed with their own performance. I think as a team, we've probably done all right at times, but I think individually, I think a lot of girls will be disappointed. Was there a noticeable difference between some of the teams you've been playing this year and then the ability for Tipperary to maybe manage the game? A couple of real cynical fouls at the end when Calvin were coming through for goals that could have made a game of it. Yeah, like I think they got three or four yellow cards, or one girl got two of them. So like that's that's the game to play, and it's a great way. To, that's what we're trying to teach our girls to do. But look, it's um, it's a different standard when you're playing like said, Clare second team, Tip second team, Armagh. They're, they're, that's what the standard is in this competition. And we knew after the Wicklow game that you know that was it was always going to probably be a win of where they're at. But we know that this is the level that we have to reach and the level we have to get to try and win all Ireland's and. As I say, nothing really changes for us. We knew we could have been out in two weeks' time anyway, or four weeks. So our plans was always to look forward for the date of 90 July and then the 22nd, 23rd from the Ireland semi-final. So nothing changes in that regard. We just probably need to improve in a lot of areas to catch up with the likes of Tip. But overall, look, it's it's not the worst thing in the world losing this when you're already through and you know you know Tipperary could be easily back in the quarter-final from the draw anyway. And the extra game will do us no harm. I suppose disappointing result, um, but the the, the the standout thing, and as I said to Philip in the interview there, Paul was they were so experienced that that Tipperary team, you know, they they start off really well. Jane Kelly, absolutely brilliant Camogue, um, really talented, and um, she she was the difference between the sides. That along with the cuteness to to pull back and to drag down. 
Calvin players going through on goal, you know, when the game was kind of coming down into the, the final straight. Yeah, well, Philip, Philip said there, like, um, you know, that's what we're trying to teach our girls to do. And, uh, you know, that, that, that was quite a revealing comment. Like, I suppose mm. in any sport, when you get to get to competing at the business end of it, like, it's going to be uh, dog-eat-dog type stuff. So, I suppose maybe that's what you have to do. You just can't be... You have to just play it on the line and maybe cross the line at times. And that's... That's what there is too. But look, they weren't too disappointed, I don't, I don't think. Like, it doesn't really derail them because they're going into a quarter final now. Tip themselves might end up in a quarter final. Uh, there's still two games from a final. So um, they're still in decent shape, I think. And they should come off from that game now. Yeah, you'd imagine so. They look like they they can. There, there's a lot of room for improvement in it. But I think the, the more they get to, to con- concentrate on what they're doing in the time being, that they'll. They'll, uh, they'll get better as it goes along here. So, um, yeah, look, wish them, wish them the best of luck. The draw is taking place this weekend, so they'll know exactly who they're going to play um, over the weekend on in the quarterfinal, which takes place the following weekend. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll bring that to you next week. On Sunday afternoon, then again in Kingspan, Breffney, it was the turn of the Cavan ladies footballers. Um, and after the game, I caught up with Jerry Moan. And with Jerry Moen after defeat here against Dublin in uh, Kingspan Breffney. I suppose there are silver linings in it, but the scoreline looks fairly hefty in favour of Dublin. Yeah, when you look back at the, you know, we're very competitive the second half, but you know the five goals. If you read, look back at the five goals, they all were all were preventable. You know, come from either the first goal, we were very competitive the first 16 minutes of the game. We got turned over here in the 45 metre line and end up in the in the go in, in the back of the net, and that's that's the disappointing thing. The last couple of goals, two goals, they got was come from our mistakes, come from us giving the ball away, or we switched off. And that's take the goals over. There wasn't that much, and we were very very competitive. We had some great passes to play, but we just kept giving the ball away at times. Well, and them them goals just killed, it. and they were all our mistakes. And that's that's but this level, when you get the ball away at this level, you get punished. Um, it was it was noticeable though the first half that there was a good energy around Cavan the way you were counter-attacking the way you were attacking there was runners off the shoulders of support and as you say it was those little errors when you had so many bodies trying to get forward that they when the mistake happened it was it was crucial and Dublin are so clinical at punishing you that second goal which came just before half time it felt like a cruel blow I did die the first goal for me was disappointing because we'd worked the ball we'd held the ball we were total control of the ball and then we got ball to ground, turned over, gone and punished. And that's and the second goal for half time. So they, it give them it give them the cushion that they could they could make changes and they could relax back. But I thought some of the you know, they're twenty four, like I did it many times, I think just tick three times in the first half. I thought yeah. you got two ticks, you got second third with the yellow card, but look at them things, but look at look at that didn't beat us. We have to at this level you get punished for mistakes. And our handling sometimes our hand passing was wasn't wasn't sharp enough, wasn't good enough, went to went to ground and it causes all sorts of problems and then ball doesn't go to body. And that's that's what you're dealing with this level and that's where they want to be and that's where they're aspiring to but it's a, it's a massive step up and we got punished every time. Get the ball away. If you wanted to find the positives in it, one of them I thought was your kick outs a big improvement on them kick out retention. It looked a lot better anyway. I didn't I would agree with you or not in that no. one because we had four in the first half went to the one place we didn't probably something we'd talked about but getting overloads on sort of areas where the ball has went. Sometimes the calls didn't happen. But look at that's something kick outs in ladies' football is always key. Yes, we've improved on them, we've done a lot of work on them, but it's down to the players in the field sometimes the calls when we didn't always come didn't always go where we were supposed to go, but it was an improvement on, on kick but a lot more work to do on them. Another improvement is having Geraldine Shorten back into the side. She was a great focal point for your attack. 
yeah, like Gerald, Gerald won every ball into her, um, and she caused all sorts of havoc. And it's great to have that sort of quality of player back fit who hadn't got her during the league. But yes, look, Gerald loves the big days and wants to play football, and probably didn't get enough ball to her quick enough. Looking ahead now, a big game down in Kerry next Saturday. Not, not going to be an easy task there either. No, and you're looking at Kerry come. Kerry put Dublin to the sword in a very, very physical game last weekend. So, yeah, it's a massive task again. But look, we have to dust ourselves down now and, and get at it this week. And we, we head down on, on Friday. Had games half twelve on Saturday, so it's not much recovery time. But well, it's all about recovery this week and learn just do the keep keep ball, keep the ball against them, and, and don't give the ball away. Is a, is a, one of the keys for for this week. Look at Jerry, hard luck. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Simon. Brady's Arva Limited. Main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Obviously, four or sorry, five goals and 15 points to one goal and eight in favour of Dublin. Um, and Jerry was 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 disappointed in it but I, I seen I seen green shoots here. I, I actually I seen in the first 15 20 minutes of the game Cavan playing with a with a different type of intent. There was a desire and a hunger to to attack at pace, to to run hard lines, to you know support the ball going forward. And I hadn't seen that from the Cavan team in, in quite a while. Like the, the scoreline at halftime was a little bit flattering towards Dublin. I thought, <clears throat> I thought that second goal going in just before halftime kind of flattered Dublin a little bit. They were the better team. There's no denying that. But I think that there was improvement in, in this performance overall by Cavan. So um, they're, I, I think they may be on the right path. Look, at, they still have a gap. There's a huge gap between them and the, and the top brass. And the top brass is actually getting bigger and bigger in terms of the number of teams that you would consider in the top brass from obviously Dublin and Mead to Armand, Donegal and Cork and Mayo and Kerry. Like they're all in contention for an All-Ireland title this year. So and even Galway could be thrown into that mix. So um there's a lot of there's a lot of teams contending at the business end of the the ladies senior championship. Cavan have a bit to go to make up to that, but I think there was a move in the right direction at the weekend, thank God. Yeah, well, I, I didn't see the game, Damien, so yeah, I'm only going by what you've been telling me about it, reading the report, obviously, and listening to Jerry moan. Um, look, it was always going to be a big ask to take on the dubs, and uh, you'd hope you'd hope Kevin can turn the corner a little bit. They've had an awful lot of distractions off the field uh, this year, which obviously that, that hasn't helped the preparation at all. Um, so confidence is probably not as high as it has been in other years either. So, um. You know they're just in a difficult spot, but they just have to come out fighting. And they showed in the league when they won a few games by a point and all that. There's, there is plenty of resilience in the, in the panel, but they've probably just been a little bit outmatched uh, in the last couple of games. And they played poorly against Donegal and probably outmatched against our man Dublin. But um, they won't get any easier against Kerry. But they just have to keep keep at it, and, and hopefully things will turn around. Yeah, they take on Kerry this Saturday afternoon at Thrones at half twelve down in. Um... 
in Fitzgerald Stadium. So um be a good experience to get down and play that game, but the task doesn't get any easier having uh, seen Dublin being beaten by Kerry in the opening round of, of the group stage, group three game in the championship. So it's by no means an easy task, but hopefully the girls can can get in a positive performance anyway, and it'll set them up um, pretty well for, for what comes afterwards. So um, finally, folks, at the launch of the Cavan uh, jersey, um, GA jersey and Camogie Association jersey, basically all, all the same jersey, um, I caught up with the Cavan captain, Matty Hines, just to get his uh, view on, on how the season was with a little bit of time to, to judge it overall. I'm with Matty Hines here at the launch of the, the Cavan jersey um, with Kingspan, O'Reilly Group and, and Wilton Waste. I suppose with the Camogues here on board now wearing the same jersey and, and there's a there's a real sense of a community now that it's all kind of coming together, this this affiliation between Camogie and the GA. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's, it's. You should, you should have probably known from the very beginning. Like it, it just shows a bit of pride in in, in all kind of um, aspects of the sport in GA, like with football, the men's and the ourselves with the hurling, and then to bring in the camogie as well. There, especially when it's just coming into their championship time. So, like it's, it was, it was a great, a great idea, and it, it, should, it should be hopefully like we'll bring in the football, the ladies' football as well. But sure, that's another story. In time. In yeah, time. In time. Oh, um, Looking back now, you've had a little bit of time to, to digest the season and, and see how it panned out in the end. Is it is it any easier looking back? No, no, it's definitely not. Like it's it's that that, that match against Leedsrum and even the Warwickshire and Longford Longford games. It's it's a tough pill to swallow. We were probably playing the best horn we've played since we've come back in the last six seven years, and you know it was it was it's even to this day it galls me to think. There's so many fine margins, and you look at even games over the weekend, and in the hurling and the football, like it's coming down to literally one mistake that puts you out of a championship, that puts you out of getting the Crow Park, and it's 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 even for myself, I I I'd be very self-critical. I had to pick up one ball, and if I just had to pick that one ball, probably would have the draw would have done us, you know. And you kind of you can't pick, you can't focus on them moments, but it is them moments that makes a decision or makes it the, the the final moment you know to be knocked out so yeah it is still very tough to even to, to talk and think about but is it easier than the alternative that you'd have seen in the past where you, you could be picking out a thousand moments that need improving whereas you know you're very close yeah exactly yeah. and I suppose that's a, it's a good way of putting it even if you compare this year with last year last year was uh, was a complete slump you know it was, there was nothing good to take out of it at all and this year was probably you can say the bar the exact opposite bar not getting to Crow Park. You know we had been hurling so well in the league, getting the league final, and then we played Lancashire one and had two super wins there, and then the draw against Longford. Like we were really, we were really like probably aiming for the double this year. You know it's good to have that positivity, but you wouldn't. We've never had that before, so it's just it was a. Um, yeah, no, it was. You have to look back. It probably was a good year, but because of how well we were going and how well we were hurling and just how the team was going, like not to get to the Laurie Matter final and to win it was, uh, yeah, it was a tough one to take. But like that, it, it was a positive year, so it was a good, way to, a good way to end as well. I suppose it it is one of those seasons though that once you know you're so close, you're automatically thinking about next year. I'd imagine. Yeah, I'll be straight and honest with you. Like it was the week afterwards there. I didn't even message into the group. The lads didn't say anything to anyone. And I just realised like there's a team there that that has the potential to do the very same 
for next year. You know, we'll be in the Division 3A now. It'll be a difficult league, which will build us up even better for the Laurie Maher next year to push on that. And my head was thinking straight away into next year. I'm thinking of November, December this year when we start getting ourselves back fit and getting back hurling again, maybe to go for the McGurk uh, Preliminary Cup then in January as well. So um, it's very early to be thinking like that, but at the same time, you are looking next year because we were so close you know to getting the double which was probably something that we didn't aim at start of the year we just aimed game by game and we won the league with, and then we aimed then for the Laurie Maher game by game and just things didn't work out in the end but um, yeah I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to next year Yeah, look, looking back on it I know it ends with disappointment but did you enjoy the year? yeah yeah I just uh, I, I, the league final was just different different um to anything probably I've won before like you, you, you're, you have your county jersey on you have a lot of pride there playing no matter what and to be able to lift up some silverware in such a long time for the hurlers of Cavan well, for me was a massive massive I look back and my family were all there and I like it was huge pride from my mother's side who's Cavan and obviously from my father and all the rest of my family there as well so yeah it was brilliant to be able to bring some silverware home for the Cavan like for the Cavan supporters that we were getting and I've, I've this year I had one thing for sure I've never seen the support that we've got this year. It was unbelievable. The halftime, I'll never forget it, coming in at halftime against Monaghan prior to the, the doubleheader that was here with the footballers, the cheer, the roar that we got coming in, I, I couldn't believe it. It was it was something that I, I'd never, you know, when you come in, you're like, you know, we're going to do this this year. We're going to do this. You know, we're pushing on. It's, it's so encouraging to have that support from the community and from the uh, county. Well, overall, to follow it was, was an unbelievable journey. It was a great, great experience going to watch that Cavan team, watching us out there, just really dying for the jersey. It, it, it meant that I think it was very easy to get behind the Cavan hoarders this year. And as a whole, the year was a huge success, and that's probably the most important thing to take from it. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's what it was. We start this year, we were playing a different style of hurling. Like lads between, I have to say, like Keith Green got us in shape, and with the with the gym and everything like that, and Ollie and Tomas and Garrett, uh, Ollie's brother there, got us hurling. Like we have, we got everything right this year, and we've seen what we can do as well. And we probably have pointed out certain areas that we need to work on for next year. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, yeah, no, it was a fantastic. It, you know what? Looking back now, and I kind of started off talking, and it's like looking back at the little errors that we made to lose, but it was a great year for Cavan hurling as a, in a whole. I love, uh, I, I, I always love interviewing Matty Hines, but the, the honesty of, you could actually see him turning over the season in his head as I was asking him, was it a, a, a success or how does he look back on it now? And he still clearly hurt that they didn't go on and win the Laurie Maher. But on reflection, the progress was was massive by the Cavan Horlers this year. It was. Jesus, there's was no doubt about that. But like they won the league. Cavan senior horse hadn't got a trophy in, in a long, long time. They, they won the league and, you know, they, they stared down Leitrim on the home stretch in that game. I can never forget the injury time in that game. Ref played about 10 minutes, wherever that came out. <laughs> it was agonising and, they, and they, they ground that out and came up with the winner. Um, the Warwickshire game was the one that cost them in the in the final analysis. In, in like they were, Warwickshire were probably one of the worst teams in that Laurie Maher and Cavan just got caught over in Birmingham that the perfect storm of things went against them uh, which was unfortunate but you have that phrase Damien that most people most people quit when they're within a yard of the finish line and, and it's very relevant to Cavan Hoarders at this moment in time because they're probably at a bit of a crossroads now they've been in a Laurie Maher final they've won a league now they've just come up short like literally by a point from going on into another Laurie Maher final so if they can redouble their efforts I've no doubt that they'll get there like like they beat Monaghan this year, coming who are coming down from the rack guard. First time Cavan have beaten Monaghan maybe ever, according to some of the local historians. So huge progress been made there. And like 
if they can keep that panel together, maybe add one or two to it. I don't see any reason why they, they can't go on and get back to that Laurie Mara final because, uh, like Monaghan won it. All right, said yeah, yeah, yeah. Monaghan yeah. won it. Cavan beat them by six points in the group, like and were much better side than Breffney. So they, they've got to take confidence from that. Yeah, Monaghan beat or Cavan beat the the two teams that made the final, like Lancashire and 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 Monaghan, um, and obviously Monaghan being the winners. So there's there's no team that Cavan haven't beaten in this in this uh, Laurie Maher. Um, ah, they're, they're, so. they're a vastly improved side like even looking back to when they got to the Laurie Mara final back then that was during COVID you didn't have the English teams in it and uh, it's it's much stronger now like back then there was a small number but it's much stronger it's much more even um, mm. you see the quality like Cavan have, have some have brought in some super players there like and the player retention is very strong as well so I think they're close but the last the last leg of the journey is the most difficult. But I think they'll get there. I think they will if they can hold on to their management and retain their players. I, I can't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that both are crucial in order for Cav and Horland to to continue to make the progress. Management and and panel must stay together. But um, I'm sure that there's excitement around maybe the prospect of going that one step forward and playing that higher division. In the league um, next spring or early late winter, early spring. So we look forward to that. But thanks a minute to, to Maddie Hines for that um, comment. Don't forget to um, check out our Diehards podcast over on patreon.com forward slash we are Cav. And we have our all county football league review and preview from the week gone by. Um, as well as we had our, what was our, oh, an analysis um, of the, the state of play in general. Around Talchin Cup and 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 Cavan season, nice little debate between myself and Paul over on Patreon as well, where Paul totally uh, jumps on board around his love of the Talchin Cup and and split season, as don't you can re- all imagine. I don't remember that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss oh. you, Devo. You're going to holidays. I'm going to miss. You. I'm going to have to. Uh, you're away for a month now. You better let people know. And uh, yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to miss fighting with you. I'm going to have to fight with somebody else. Listen, I, I couldn't go on holidays and, and relax if I didn't get a, at least one fight a week in with you, Paul. So I'm, I'm happy enough to jump online and, and do one, one podcast a week. So um, it'll not be completely out of, out of uh, mind and, and sight, but I'll, uh, I'll definitely not be as hands-on. I'll be relying on you for all my information and my GA fix while I'm, while I'm away. Yeah, although I'll, I'll send you the Mullahorn and Killing Care results, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> folks thanks a million for listening to the Mac and Voice Supervisor GA podcast and have a great weekend <laughs>